Осторожно, товарищи. Двери открываете. Привет. Вы нашли портал. Я твой хозяин Эрик Вайнштейн. И сегодня мой гест в студии Герри Вайнштейн или Герри Каспаров. Я не знаю точно, но еще нет проблем. Герри, добро пожаловать. Очень приятно. It's a huge honor to welcome you to the portal. Thank you very much. So Gary Kasparov, just you know, Gary make, let's make sure. So, I, so uh, my name was changed in 1975 because my father died tragically when I was seven. So it just it's uh, he was just 39, and uh, it was just uh, uh, um, leukemia, and uh, they couldn't save him. And I grew up with my mother and uh, her parents. And uh, in 1975, so there was a family decision that you know I, I could change my name and to carry my name of uh, name of my my uh, mother, my grand my, my gr grandfather. So um, that's 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 a story. So since 1975, I'm known for the world of chess as Gary Kasparov. Well, I know that you're Gary Kasparov. In fact, there are very few people who need no introduction. You are one of them, and I was tempted to give you almost no introduction. Yeah, but at you all. said you've been almost in perfect Russian, so that's the, you're that's, very kind. Yes, um, Gary, uh, you are known for many things. Um, we could talk about your dominance of the world uh, of chess as world number one for many years, famous from top level play. Uh, uh, sort of a, st a streak of dominance that, like we've never seen. But if anything, it's been really remarkable to watch your career after chess, where you've taken on this incredible role in a very confusing age as a champion of human rights. And I'm not sure really uh, which of the topics I, I want to hit most, whether it's talking about automation and your famous uh, interaction with uh, Deep Blue. But I think that the thing I want to do is I want to try to avoid some of the questions you get asked over and over again, like, who is the greatest chess player of all time? Thank well, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very grateful. <laughs> so, so let's try to figure out what that might have uh, crowded out and let's let's move on to the next sorts of things. So to begin with, Um, one of the things that I'd like to talk to you about is uh, something that I'm very confused by. When you played Deep Blue back in the late 1990s and the Nin world... 96 and 97, right. let's be precise. All right, mid, mid to late 90s. Uh, the world watched in a way that it probably hadn't watched a chess match since uh fisher versus spassky is that a fair statement yes it's a fair statement i think that as was the the most uh, uh visible chess event in history right uh because it was not just chess event it uh, it was um the pinnacle of this human versus machine competition that uh, uh Uh, was so fascinating for general public for decades. Uh, this match was and is still surrounded by a very uh, thick fog of mythology. Of uh, and again, what what to expect? It was a machine, and it's as people think, oh, it was unique accomplishment because it's the it was a dawn of AI. Look, I mean, Deep Blue was not intelligent at all. Uh, it it's, was not more intelligent than your alarm clock. A very expensive one, ten million dollars a piece. But, but the 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 the, the truth is that the machine that played chess in 1997 did not have to be intelligent at all, because at the end of the day, it's not about being intelligent. It's not about uh, replicating uh, 
it's a human process, you know, just it's the following the way we're making our decisions, but it's about making fewer mistakes. And that's it. That's something that is, is so, it, this is actually the most relevant lesson of 1997 match. I also remind people I won in 1996. Right. And IBM then chickened out. They didn't want to play the third match because probably at that time I was still stronger. Such pussies. Yeah, no, but look, it's a good business decision. Okay. I, as I explained in my book, Deep Thinking, it was a good business decision because they 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 knew that in 1997, Deep Blue was you know it's a very powerful force. But compared to you know just to 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 machines today, it was just you know it was you know, it was just a novice. I mean, it's just today to understand what's happened over the last 20 years. Yes, it's the it's uh, uh, Deep Blue in 1997 was the unique. Uh, project of IBM with right. millions and millions of dollars invested in one of the largest uh, uh, corporations on, on this planet. Today, you can buy a chess engine online and download on your laptop. And uh, this computer, this chess device, right. will be much stronger than Magnus Carlsen. Um, the um, current world chess champion. Right. So, and if you have specialized hardware, for the same, you know, uh, engines like Stockfish, Houdini, uh, um, Komodo. Kom Kom Komodo. The difference in strengths between these devices, right. specialized hardware, and Magnus Carlsen, right. it's about the same as between Usain Bolt and Ferrari. Fantastic. So, Deep Blue in 1997 uh, was not that good. So, it is when Do you. Do we know if we, if we took that exact software, and you guys keep track of, in some sense, how good something is by these ELO ratings? Yes. So what would its ELO rating today be relative to the top player? Okay, I think we can just, add, yeah, I, thank you very much for just bringing this, the numbers because Let's audience always likes numbers. So uh, my highest rating, my peak rating was right. 2851, 28, Now, Bobby Fischer's highest rating was 2785, but in 1972. So you always have to remember that, you know, it's the inflation was and still is a factor. Well, it's a relative system it's that relative has nothing system. to do with chess itself. No, 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 no. It is basically, it's, you know, you you know, you perform well, you add points. You don't perform well, you lose points. And the and the so, point value predicts how exactly, likely you are the, to beat something no, if with we, a you know, score. If, 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 if we play against each other, we have the same rating. So right. that's why, you know, and I do, uh, let's say, um, I beat you six to four. So that means I I, I add uh, uh, ten points. So and you take a, away a little from it, me. It, it, ten points. If we're this now, if you know, if the gap between us two hundred points, right? I think it's two hundred thirty points. It's I should score 80 percent. I think that's just from the top of my memory. Got it. So and it's it's again it's predictions based on the difference in our in our rating. Right. And then so I do better than predicted. So I add points. Worse, I lose points. So go back to this is to to my absolute perform uh, absolute record was two two hundred eight. 2851. Fisher was 2785, but remember that when Fisher reached this, this phenomenal height, right. there were no players in 2700, right. and there were very few players 2600. So this, so this, it was a this big category. gap. It was a huge gap. So this is 2785 in, in, in 1972, probably was over 2900 today. So there were probably my 2851 in 1999 as well. Magnus Carlsen, highest rating was 2882. Now he's about 2840. So he's, just, he's still, you know, traversing this 2800 category. Right. There are only a few players actually cross 2800 these days. And they're at the range of 2820, 2820. So, so um, um, and uh, it's when I played Deep Blue, so I was 2800 plus. Deep Blue's objective strength was probably 2700 plus. 
But it's not about objective strengths. It's about how you play in this very game and how right. many mistakes you make. Now, today, the uh, if you have these um, uh, chess engines on a specialized hardware, right. that will be probably Suti 400. It's amazing. Suti 400. It's amazing. Yeah, it's this, It's again, it's not because okay, they have- but, but I want to ask this different question, which is, if we took the exact machine and the software and we took it out of mothballs from yeah. 1997, what do we think its ELO rating would be today? This deep blue? Yes, the old deep blue. Like, but the old deep blue, I said, it's this 20, maybe 2800, but not more. Because it's, it's. So Magnus Carlsen would be expect. The reason I ask it, is that it, you it, make, will, it will be competition. I mean, this is deep blue. Again, I could have beaten deep blue. If we played the third match, yes. I, I would be a favorite because I really learned a lot about it. Well, this and is the thing is that I, that I thought was it, so inspiring it, it, is that it, you it, talked it, about how we learn from these computers, that the humans are getting smarter. It's not about. It's, it's, it's machines made huge progress. It's, right. it's, the, it's machines today, they are so much. I, I'm not sure I can say smarter. But is this more advanced? Right. And because don't forget, Deep Blue was in a. It was not just a chess project. It was a project of parallel processors. Mm. So they had two hundred fifty-six processors. Each of them was a mini computer that could make one point five million positions per second. So combined, they could reach phenomenal speeds of two hundred million positions per second. Two hundred million, which again today it's not. It's not. It's not. not you know, impressive. It's, it's not that impressive. But. These, the, these chess devices we just, we just discussed uh, on your laptop, they will not be faster than five, six million positions per second. So they're not as fast, but they are far more advanced because they don't have to be that fast. It's not about calculating, right. calculating, because chess is, some people don't recognize, chess is mathematically infinite or almost infinite game. Functionally infinite functionally, from our perspective. Functionally infinite, according to Claude Shannon, you know, one of the founding fathers of computer science, the number of legal moves in the game the of chess. 10 to 40 something? 10 to 46 power. Okay, 10 to the 46 40. power. That's again, that's, that's, it's just, this number is just, just it's uh, kills imagination. Right, so the, exactly. Yeah. So um, uh, it's not about calculating only, but it's also about quote unquote understanding. And uh, the, the um, programs today, they, they are so much advanced. All right, but let me... There, there's, no, there's, no comp, there's no question. It's, you cannot even touch them. So just because even strongest players, you know, they will, they will be badly beaten. Now, if you have a free chess app on your mobile phone... Yes. That's probably as good as Deep Blue. Right. Thanks to the Moore's Law. Which is very impressive. But what I really want to get at is the reason that chess matters to us and the reason that we all thrilled to it has to do with its legacy, the way it's interwoven with our society, our culture, uh, our storytelling, uh, even our language. We are constantly searching for chess metaphor. And one of the things that animates us is the poetry of chess. That when, when uh, fathers and sons, for example, would pull out uh, you know, games of Morphe or something, and and to try to show something really graceful and beautiful, um, we'd, we'd, we'd look to the Evergreen game or the Immortal game or something like that, and it, it lifts our spirits. And sometimes we, we, we're we really focused not on who won or who lost, but on the concept of brilliancies. When does somebody do something so unexpected and so daring that they put themselves at great risk and then manage to somehow extricate themselves? What I want to know is, are we in a position to program computers for brilliancies and poetries rather than simply brute force? Okay, let's start with your uh, uh, assumptions. You can unweave yeah, them if no, you want. Assumption, no, that's actually an assertion of, you know, or your concept of us, because you said a few times us. Okay, you know, it's the now 
at the era of globalization, we should recognize that, you know, us, you know, look different uh, in, in, in different quarters. The game of chess that you mentioned, it's, the, it's not the only game of chess that does exist. Sure. So, and it's one that came from like India through Persia no, to but Europe. That's, that's, it's a, it's a one, of, one of the versions. Right. Whether it's India, again, we don't have any records about India. We definitely have few records about the game played in, in Persia. In, it, it's, the, the records come actually from the Arab world. Okay. So what we know about European chess, let me call it European chess, is that the, the, the game traveled from, you know, from the Arab world to Iberian Peninsula. And the first book that, that uh, uh, presented the compilation of chess studies uh, uh, played by, you know, in, in, in old Arab rules, Shatranj, you know, much slower game. Because the game of chess always reflected some sort of it's it's a military knowledge of its time, right? So was it, and it was King, um, allegedly written by King Alfonso the Wise. It's it's it's, it's original was kept in in Escorial in in, in Spain, uh, in 20, 1283. and uh, and then you know the 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 current version of chess has been shaped by the end of the 15th century, early 16th century in Spain, with few extra additions in Italy and in France in the next couple of hundred years. That's European chess. That's international chess. Got it. But there is also Chinese chess. Sure. There is Thai chess. Uh, uh, and there's some variation of Thai chess. That is, by the way, the closest to original Arab version, Shatranj. So that's a, a very slow version game. game. And there's a totally separate game called Shogi, Japanese chess, by far the most popular game in Japan. Far more popular than, than Go. Okay. So and and the the, the way this Japanese chess is, is is played is probably reflects the way you know the military operations uh, have been conducted over centuries. There, one of the key elements there that is you always can bring a piece that you took from your opponent back with a parachute move. Oh really? So and most of the pieces they just move fast. So okay. this is and and, and straight. So this is it's 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 it, it it the game doesn't doesn't have an end game the way we have it in chess. It's all about attacking the king. It's 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 like a slow motion game. But then it's the moment it's the it's the 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 the, the both sides they 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 um they like they meet each other at the battlefield. It's a, okay. like a samurai samurai. You know, just it's uh, um uh, bloodshed. Okay, so yeah. there's like a metaphoric aspect to which kind of chess exactly, we play. Exactly. No, but it's this. But you said exactly in 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 the in the Western world, European. Right, Eurocentric world. Right, chess has been viewed for centuries as the as um, as a, like a nexus of uh, of human intelligence. So that's this. It's it's saying, oh, he or she played chess. Wow, what is it? It's 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 because it was like a mystery. It's not surprising that Alfred Binet, the uh, father of IQ test. Right. So at the end of the 19th century, he was fascinated by the way the chess players mind. Uh, uh, was working, so he believed that if he could study uh, uh, the the minds of the chess players, to the brains of the chess players, he could reveal the ultimate secrets of human intelligence. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. By the way, it's not true. 
it's, just, it's, it's very flattering for me to say that, but you know, that, that's, that's the great, greatest minds always looked at chess as sort of have the you always test. Have you always been as self-critical as you're being right now? I'm not self-critical. I'm, I'm objective. Yes, the the aptitude, yeah. for, aptitude for playing chess is nothing else than aptitude for playing chess. You can... It's like, you know, your capital, you know, you have intellectual capital. So you can invest it wisely, you can invest it poorly. Well, I, I like the idea that even IQ, of course, is not intelligence. It's a particular measure of a something. Um, I don't know if you happen to know him, but I, I went to graduate school in the same year as a guy named Noam Elkies, who, you know, is... He's, 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 he's uh, the, you know, I, it is, it's the main, he's the Israeli chess composer, yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I just, because I, I, I had a book, you know, of just, you know, of the best, it's the, of... Uh, uh, of the best Israeli chess studies, yeah, and and I just that's that's why I recognize the name. Well, yeah, but he he was like the the youngest pr full professor at Harvard. Exactly, it's, just, it's it's for him it was a hobby. But the, some but, of the great studies. But he comments on the fact that he can only achieve the level of chess master, even though he's a grandmaster in problem solving and sol uh, and composing. And so there's even there, there's like something very mysterious because this is a sort of like a John von Neumann-like level of intelligence. And he's commenting on the fact that he's merely a chess master. And so I found that to be quite shocking and surprising because look, I know he, how, he, how, he, how amazing Noam is. Look, it gets, it's, that's, uh, you know, it's not, it's not, about, it's not, yeah, but yeah, absolutely. But it, because it's also about competition, you know, you have to, you have to compete. I mean, I, he's, he's, his great mind feels probably more, more at home by composing. Right. You know, he's just, you know, he's in comf comfort of his study. He can think about it so he can, you know, get, there's no time pressure. Well, there's no opponent just, you know, across the board, you know, no intimidation. So. Exactly. So. Getting back to brilliancies, which I don't want you to avoid. Okay, no, no, no. I'm not going to avoid it it's because I, you know, I, I uh, have a straightforward answer. Do you want to say what a brilliancy is in your own language so that no, I, we it's don't? Not it's before we move move to the to to, to my definitions of brilliancy. Sure. Yes, I I think that's the answer is no. Straightforward, no. Machines cannot do it for a simple reason. Because you're talking about brilliancy and 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 about creativity. Those are things that you know that's uh, and versus brute force. Right. The way machines operate, they have been operating uh, ever since, and they will be operating for you know indefinite period of time. It's based on odds. They know odds. They know patterns. They can just they can operate within you know within this like a, a known universe. That's mm. something that they know within the rules that they 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 they, they um either they've they have been told about those rules or the information that had been provided for them um but they're always looking for the best move so brilliancy based on 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 creativity and it means that yes i can play a very risky you know, adventurous game maybe it could be a brilliant game maybe it could be a failure yeah. you have to accept the 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 ch a chance yeah. Sometimes significant chance of failure to create a masterpiece. Machines cannot operate in in in, in this uh, within this. Parameter. You don't know how to encode the concept of masterpiece. Look, you know, it's it, masterpiece is it's 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 something that you know. It's, is it still subjective? Is a question. It is still subjective because you know some people you know it's it's about taste. Yeah. No, it's some games you know people say wow it's it's amazing. Most likely these games are just you know they include some kind of sacrifices because people always enjoy saying that the spirit triumphs over material. So when you sacrifice pieces, you know, here and there, right, right, left, and center, and eventually you made opponent's king. That's the, that's the most popular concept of masterpiece. But you can have a very slow motion positional masterpiece, you know, by just adding, you know, just advantage, micro advantage after one after another and strangling your opponent. It could be a mixture of that. 
So, uh, but again, you, 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 for example, described uh, the current number one, Magnus Carlsen, as a mixture of Karpov and Fisher. Yes. And you, in Fisher was the obvious uh, sort of virtuoso at the level of masterpiece. But you pointed out that Karpov was a master of maximum efficiency of the power of an individual piece to do the most with the least. Yes, absolutely. And and Magnus is 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 this lethal combination of two because uh, Fisher, I think, it just it, it was it was very rough, but it's. I mean, sheer energy, you know, he could play until the last pawn, you know, this is basically squeezing, you know, water out of a stone. Now, Carpo was good in just in, in, in getting the maximum effect out of the minimum, you know, uh, uh, resources he, he, he had available, but he was not as consistent as Fisher, not, not so pushy. He, you know, it's, it's, it was more relaxed. So Magnus brings them together and that's, you know, he has Carpo's ability to, to, to maximize the effect of, of, of his pieces, but also he will play to the very last pawn, to the very last move as Fisher did. Right. And okay. So I think what you're telling me is, is that we are not yet able to figure out how to encode the concept of brilliancy so that we may lose to these machines but that the poetry to be extracted from chess at one level belongs to this positional brute force aspect and another belongs to something that's ineffable that we can't quite touch. Look, yes, it's the... Uh, and, I, and I took your point about the sacrifices that that's a sort of an obvious version of a risk taking. But it's interesting thing is it's, it's the, it's the, uh, the latest uh, chess computer prodigy. Right. Alpha Zero. That's a, the, the, uh, the program run by um, Demis Kasabis and his team. Um, it's the DeepMind team that is working uh, uh, for Google. Um, they succeeded in, in, in beating the best Go players. Uh, then they just uh, they came up with this concept of Alpha Zero, which is you know starting from the scratch. So the machine knows only the rules, whether it's Go, whether it's chess, whether it's a StarCraft, any game. And then you know it plays against itself. It, it learns from its own experience no human contamination. Which is very funny because one definition of genius is the fire that lights itself. Yeah, but it's but but it, it, yes, and uh, and it 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 played against Stockfish against one of the strongest chess engines, and it beat it convincingly a number of times. Um, but then Stockfish got better. Yeah, but it's still uh, Alpha Zero still dominates the game now. Okay. When we look at these games, you know, and that's the first time when I thought, oh wow, I can learn something from these machines. Alpha Zero. Um, played chess more aggressively, contrary to our expectations that stronger machines will play dollar games, more, you know, just it's the slow games because they every uh, sacrifice can, can be refuted. So that's why machines, they don't take too much risk. But AlphaZero, contrary to our beliefs, you know, played very aggressive chess, sacrificing material and, and, and being, beating stockfish, machine, not humans, it's by just, you know... Uh, 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 always being um, one or two moves ahead in anticipating what's coming next. Now, it's I use words sacrifice. Yeah. But for deep for for machine for Alpha Zero, it wasn't a sacrifice. Alpha Zero, thanks to its massive experience through these 60, 60 million games, six zero, 60 million games to play against itself. Yeah. So it generated a bank of 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 data. So right. this is which. Provided it's you know better understanding of patterns. So when Alpha Zero sacrificed, quote unquote, in, in his, we saw it as a sacrifice. It for Alpha Zero, it was the transformation of a material uh, 
uh, uh, um, pawns or, or, or pieces into other factors that were more dominant. Position or momentum. Exactly, or it's a like momentum. So, and it's, 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 and it's amazing that it's Alpha Zero that, that had, you know, just looked at the fewer positions. It's about 1% of what, you know, when you look at the, at the, at the number of positions analyzed okay. versus Stockfish. It was far more prescient in understanding what's coming next. Again, playing without the material. Stockfish, you know, it took, you know, uh, one or two moves to actually understand what's coming because it looked, and it, again, it's, it's not that it's the combination was winning. It's when AlphaZero made sacrifices. Yeah. It was not a forced win because well, but, Stockfish would have seen it as well. Okay. But it, 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 it was, you know, it was, again, deeper understanding of the game based on, 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 on its, it's a pattern that it, 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 it was uh, able to design out of these 60 million games. But in general, I would think about brilliance. Again, imagine me telling you what a brilliance is. It's ridiculous. I don't know. But I don't know either. I exactly. Brilliant games, but it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's. But one thing I, I might define it as is anything that where there would be a body of conventional wisdom, and then there's a move that is deeply weird relative to that expectation. So, for example, a move that doesn't seem to develop anything. It's like a, almost a waste, a throwaway move could also be a brilliancy if it turned out that that unlocked something nobody could but, see. And, yeah, yes. Anything that surprises people, right. you know, it could be brilliant. So, um, you know, maybe one of the most uh, brilliant moves based on your definition sure. I ever made was game 24. I played Anatoly Karpov. It's, it was a unique moment when you just, you know, it's, it's, I had to survive this game and Karpov had to win the game to, to, to uh, retain his title. I right. was one you know, point ahead, and it was the last game of the match. Um, and Carpo had a very, you know, potentially very strong attack. And I found a move that was totally illogical. By the way, ever since this game, this, this, this idea became you know, the part of the defensive uh, uh, um, concept for, okay. for, for Black. Uh, but at the time, you know, it was just, it looked so ugly because you don't put these rooks, you know, just... Uh, so, in, in, in just in a position where it, it, it has no other moves surrounded by, by your own pieces. But it was not about, you know, it's not about attacking. Basically, it was a very good prophylactic move because it prevented big threats from, from, from white and it had to force Carpenter to start looking for other plans. So, you know, it's, and I was very happy when I just, I remember, I remember I made this move because I just didn't understand how else to defend. It just was so much against, you know, what I learned, but I made a move. And I remember when I just, you know, it's this is when Karpov came to the stage, he looked at this and then it's great. Another great player. He realized that his move basically killed his attacking, you know, uh, yeah. uh, um, uh, uh, structure. And it's, it's and, and he had to actually start regrouping pieces, wasting time. And he just I think it's it's it definitely the, the, the it's not just a strong move, but it was so unusual move looking weird. But it's it it shook Karpov's confidence and 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 he quickly made a mistake and lost the game. That's fantastic. Um, okay, uh, here's a question that I've never been able to ask, and maybe if it doesn't make sense, you'll help me formulate a better one. I guess when we lost, I mean checkers was solved. Yeah, chess we lost with you in in so go so uh, wait, 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 wait. yeah okay okay. But the question is after go. I sort of expected something to happen that didn't happen. I expected someone to start trying to create a new game which, in which humans would still have an advantage that had the deterministic characteristics. And everyone seems so demotivated by this experience. Like, what's the point? Why are we, why race? It's like trying to continue to be a better um, number multiplier in an age of computers. There's no point. Uh, 
have we become demotivated? Is anyone searching for things that show off and accentuate what humans still do better than any any machine? Uh, it's a very important question, and it's just it's. Uh, I think you just uh, so it's uh, it's like almost home run because it's that's that's a question that's in in different uh, modifications. I hear all the time since I now speak. Uh, uh, three times a month uh, uh, at the conferences. It's, it's about AI, it's about cybersecurity, and about you know human machine collaboration, um, and um, and about vanity. Yeah. So yes. Uh, um, um, the um, the answer is that it's uh, we're not demotivated. I think we're more pragmatic. We simply understand that it doesn't make any sense because it's not just chess or go. It's a StarCraft. It's a Texas Hold'em Poker. It's in you name games, you know, and it's it's at, at the end of the day, machines will always prevail. So to make it you know easier for my audience to understand, I always tell them that every game can be described as a closed system. And if we have if you build a closed system, eventually a computer will always win. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's it. So the human strength is not you know is not. Uh, trying to compete with machines in the closed systems. Because if we know how to do it, machines will do it better. Well, and Not because they're perfect. Again, that's important. They will never reach 100% perfection. It doesn't exist in, in the universe. But they will make fewer mistakes. So machines will always, you know, outperform humans by, you know, by minimizing number of mistakes. Or it's not just a number of mistakes. Machines do not make blunders. So again, the gravity of machines' mistakes or inaccuracies, right. it's, it's not as, you know, sometimes humans could do something really stupid. Have you ever looked at um, the history of electric guitar? No. So you have these very weird players. I'm just going to riff off of your open versus closed games where um, probably the first great electric guitarist was a guy named Charlie Christian, but he was really playing the guitar and it happened to be electrified. By the time we get to people like Jimi Hendrix and Eddie Van Halen, whatever we thought the vocabulary was that we were restricted to in the instrument, they showed us that the dimensionality of play was so much greater than we had ever considered. For example, by bringing the amplification into the instrument and making it part of the instrument, or with Les Paul creating the instrument as the recording studio, not just as the instrument. And so eventually these become closed games, but there is something about and to just fit with the theme of this series, the search for a portal out of the closed game into a higher dimensional space where something else is available. Like people talk about hearing Eddie Van Halen for the first time and they're guitarists and they're thinking, I have no idea what I'm listening to. How do those noises come from that man? Um, are there any sort of innovations like that that... Uh, you think where computers can start looking for ways out of the closed systems into higher dimensions? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think machines will not be able in a foreseeable future, if not indefinitely, to understand how to transfer the knowledge from one closed system to another. Can machines ask questions? Yes. They just don't know what questions are relevant. Well, so I, I, I give this example quite a bit, but... There's a very powerful concept in pure mathematics uh, of taking square roots of various objects where, like with, with real numbers, it's quite clear what a square root should be. But even when you get to the negative numbers, you, you end up having to go outside of the real numbers to answer a question about the square root of negative seven. 
And you can take the square roots of rotations, you can take the square roots of determinants of matrices, and you find these structures that nobody knew were hiding there. Um, so one of the things we've learned in pure mathematics is that there is a way of going from a closed system into a larger closed system. And in that one moment, the closed system reveals itself to be open. Um, is that something that you imagine? No, again, I, I, I'm not sure it's, the, it's, it's a legitimate comparison because again, it's, 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 it's here, is, it's a decision-making. It's in math, you know, there's the, there are answers. So math, you know, just it's, it's one or another, you know, you, you have an answer and it's, 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 it's not a straightforward. It could be, you know, just crook, but at the end of the day, you know that this, this, there's a solution. Game of chess is not, or any other game, it's not math. It's not, you know, there's no perfect solution. Well, Hardy dif disagreed with you. G.H. Hardy wrote that chess is real mathematics, but of a trivial kind in the sense that he didn't mean trivial and that it was easy or that it wasn't beautiful. He meant that it didn't connect to anything else because the, the rules were artificial. And so what it told you about was simply internal to the world yeah, but of chess. Again, but, but again, this is in, in math, you have perfect solutions. In chess, yeah. sometimes have perfect solutions, but in most cases, it's based on your assumptions. So is this, and it's, it's you know, the, the, again, machines will always win, not because they see the perfect solution. Again, 10 to the 46 power, right. number of legal moves, but because they make fewer mistakes. Right. By, so, so they will be closer to perfection than humans. Right. So it's the, whether it's much closer or just close, it doesn't matter. So they will be always ahead. So same with every other game. So all you need is to provide machine with the rules and machines will start operating, you know, just uh, on their own by, by creating their data. Though I have to say that it's today, AlphaZero is still quite an exception. Most of the machines today, 99%, if not 99.9%, .9%, they are doing not transformation, but optimization. Got it. They're still, you know, operating with human-generated data. But the future, I have no doubt, it's for AlphaZero type computers. You know, they, they will be, it's, it's like, you know, um, uh, computer uh, uh, with AI algorithms, uh, and the the um, it's they will require some form of human guidance. It's like I always call this, you know, the future uh, computer experts shepherds. So they will be nudging the flocks of of intelligent algorithms one or another. Got it. Um, but it's it's still you know they will still need to be nudged. So it's 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 again moving from one system to another. It's it's one closed system to another closed system will require human guidance. What is very important for us to recognize is that our role percentage-wise is shrinking. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that we become uh, um, uh, expendable. So actually, I think it's we're getting, we, we, we could become even more important in this human-machine collaboration because we will be deciding how this massive brute force yeah, I will, worry be, that will be moved either right or left or whatever, up and down. Well, if I'm honest about that, the way in which I receive what you just said is that in the short term, I think we become more important because the least interesting things are taken over by the computers. And then yes. if we're smart, we invest in what it is that we do best, which is often this act of brilliance, induction, uh, opening a closed system into a larger one, which is temporarily opening it up. And that's exciting. However, I do feel that this is a short-term uh, win for humanity. Define short-term to be. Well, uh, I worry that this is on the order of decades, not centuries. For, for you and me, it's probably not a very short-term. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> That's why I was... Yeah, it's... Look, 
why do we go too far? So this is again, we, you know, the strength of humanity was always to to respond to the challenges that we are, that are here now yeah. on the table. Right. Um, I don't want us to spend time, I would say, waste our time debating what, what can or may, may happen, may not happen 30, 40, 50 years from now. We have challenges that we should address right now. And uh, I think that the, it's, well, it's, it's time for us to understand how we can maximize the, the, uh, uh, the benefits out of human-machine collaboration. Well, okay. So I had a very funny interaction preparing for my interview with you today, which is that I, I spoke to two brilliant uh, young women uh, one of whom just released 25,000 new stock photos of people who don't exist generated by her AI. She's a PhD from Berkeley. The other of which is a brilliant musician, but arguably also one of the world's most stunningly beautiful women, a, a supermodel. And I, I noticed that the ELO system that you use for chess mm -hmm. can be used in any situation where if like, if you asked, well, who would, pe who would people find more beautiful uh, person A or person B, and then you have a prediction. So you could use an ELO system. And I asked my friend, the supermodel, uh, her name is Charlotte Kemp Mull, um, would you be willing to subject yourself to a Kasparov versus the machine type uh, competition where my other friend will attempt to generate uh, photographs that are even more beautiful than any human being who has ever been? And we could try to figure out what the ELO rating is for simply uh, feminine beauty. Now, that's a very different thing than a computational pro problem uh, on the surface. It may be a computational problem under the hood. But what happened when I started looking through uh, the friend's catalog of stock photos is that I could see that you could very easily fall in love with the images that she generated, even though they correspond to no human being. They were filled with emotion. Um, you know, grace, whatever you, whatever it is that you associate most with being human, and yet she knew exactly how they'd been generated uh, from her neural nets. That's pretty disturbing in some ways. Would you not say so? Look, uh, it's, you're talking about images, still, right? Still images. Still images. Still images. Now, uh, you need just for proper relations, you need more than still images. Well, that's true, but you, the idea she she's able to animate a lot of these first of all into video. Yeah, okay, that's 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 that, that that becomes interesting because right. the moment you start animating, you know, right? This is, that's it. And was, then a couple of our friends, Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan, have done have put so many hours of data of their voice into the world yeah. that we can now generate their voice so that they can't tell the difference between what they've said and what the machines. So we're we're starting to get to the point. Uh, we also have programs that write sports stories simply from the statistics that come off the games in a credible fashion. It's the data. So right. So what's the... But look, at the well, end you of know the day... You know what's here, is that we've associated various things with our humanity. And I think your point about chess, which I, I just think is, is great, is don't make the mistake of holding those associations too tightly because the machines will let you know um, that some of this is not having to do with being human at all. Yes, it's the, the decision-making process is not, you know, uh, it's not just human prerogative forever. Right. So it's, yes, we used to think that, you know, it's these machines could do all sorts of work, but not, you know, not to challenge our cognitive skills. Right. At the end of the day, it's what's the difference? So it's this, it's the, it's again, it's, it's machines could, could, uh, 
help us in just making progress in in whether it's in 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 the field of physical exercises or um, mental uh, exercises though again it's just it's if you look at the statistics is that is this i think it's the um the mckinsey's uh, report of 2016 us job market showed that you know it's the only 4% of working activities yes required medium human creativity wow 4% yeah so it means that for over decades we have been training people to work like machines like machi- and exactly. now now we're shocked that many of these jobs they they are just you know they doom well, I think this is like zombie re- jobs they're already dead they just don't know every it. repetitive job has that character but it's the, but it could be it repetitive jobs does not necessarily you know uh, it's it's um it's a physical one it you can no, have, no, it, like, you can have a rot, repetitive jobs you know it's well ra- radiology it's, is the easy one it, 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 it intellectually right. and 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 when people say oh yeah but this many of these jobs they are just in 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 grave danger right but you know what it's thank you for mentioning radiology sure so this is yes you know we know that human machine collaboration right you know uh shows better results than either one individual that either one individual right. so that means that you know you will have some experts and from my experience you know in chess in combination of human plus machines right you don't need the strongest minds so the, the most talented players working with machine but someone who knows enough to give machines so that it's it's like it's a, to guide machine not to interfere with machine right. superior knowledge so that's why you may not need a top professor but maybe you know an assistant professor maybe even experienced nurse to right. to to work with his machine oh but i hear you know time and again thousands of jobs you know they will be at grave risk maybe they'll be lost and it's just well paid jobs yes but what is the what is the other side of this of this well, of this coin the jobs will be lost but the cost goes down more people could have access to that and when you look at the number of lives that can be saved yes in this country or especially in 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 the third world countries developing countries yeah so then you know all of a sudden you understand that it's it's while certain groups of people could be in danger because no, computation of course. And, and 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 machines they bringing you know you know havoc in our in our professional routine but as a humanity we we'll always win well but isn't it weird how many of us are seeking drudgery that we wish like you watch what happens when you liberate people and you find that they go back to these games on their computers that they play repetitively you know that there's a way in which humans we had always thought we wanted to be liberated to do creativity but there's something terrifying about creativity and many of us actually seek repetitive uh activity which anesthetizes us and arguably um we're happiest when we start behaving in a way that is machine like but again but it's the that's it brings us back to to us that brings us back what, to human yes because you know it's the you know it's instead of talking about killer robots the terminators matrix and other horrors produced by hollywood so just you know, it's your neighbors here so brainwashing yeah. the generations of 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 um um pay no attention to yeah, boston yeah, dynamics yeah yeah, yeah. uh look it's it's, it's i mean it's it's, it's quite primitive you but, know yeah but it's it why don't we talk about you know about humans using modern technology yes. to harm other humans because humans still have monopoly for evil right yeah and it's and i think it's far more important now to understand how this modern technology that has been designed yes in theory to make our lives better have been have been well, it's a, it's effectively amoral. used right to undermine the very foundation of the free world so 
what I, it's a great opportunity to transition because if there's anything that I'm more interested in than talking about computers and poetry and all of these things, it's this bizarre moment that we find ourselves in, in the, the free world where I've never seen anything like this in my life. It appears that there are almost no adults left in the system. It appears to me that there's almost no institution that really cares about ground truth. And it appears to me that we are right now in the process of sort of abandoning everything we'd built up for the most trivial of reasons. And I don't know whether you subscribe to this, but the transformation of our country intellectually, to me, since slightly before the election of Donald Trump till the present moment, has been the most unexpected uh, singularity in terms of the ability to hold conversations, to analyze um, what it is that we in fact hold in common, our sense-making apparatus appears to have been broken down and a large number of people don't even seem to be aware of this. And I don't know how to explain how many different clusters of beliefs have now cropped up, which appear to be incapable of communicating with each other. Are you seeing the same thing? Yes. Yes. Uh, and uh, I've been warning about it for quite a while. So I wrote the book, Winter is Coming. Uh, uh, just, you know, before the presidential elections uh, in 2016. And uh, unfortunately, this warning... Uh, nobody understood it. No, nobody wanted to hear this because it seemed that it's just like a being so far away. Yeah, I, now, the book didn't mention Trump or Syria, but you could read between the lines. That is this, because I already talked about Putin right. and about his, his threat to the, to the free world. So his, his war on the free world, that is just, it was just a matter of time before the techniques that have been developed in Russia and tested in uh, neighboring countries and in, and, 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 and in other European countries, that these techniques uh, uh, would be used to undermine American democracy. Um, and also, I talked about the growing vacuum in the world that was a result of the free world led by the United States to depart from its leadership role after the end of the Cold War. So it's, yeah, it's easy to say it's everything is about Donald Trump, but when you look at the Donald Trump phenomena, it has roots. Well, this is the thing. It's a symptom. It's a symptom that somehow Trump, you know, just demonstrated that the system was already so weak that, is, that it, could, it could have persons so unqualified to win elections by the rules. I mean, that's, it's, yes, with foreign interference, with other things. No, but, but, but you're exactly right. The adaptive landscape, if you want to take the evolutionary metaphor, was created and then suddenly there was a creature that's, that get, that inhabited absolutely. some niche. But then, but then just before we go to Trump, we should understand so why the system was so, you know, it's, it was weak enough. Susceptible. Susceptible, yes. Yeah. Just to, to, to succumb to, to Trump's it's not even evil genius. I mean, just it's, it's. I mean, it's just intellectually. It's always insulting us to hear what he said. <laughs> but it's. But you know, the man. So you know, just it's so um, not just unqualified, but it's just it's. If you ask, you know, uh, people to describe a potential threat to his democracy. Yeah. You know, twenty years ago. So what? What could be this? The image of this, you know, of this villain that would be threatening, the, you know, the very foundation of American Republic. You could come up with somebody very intelligent, you know, very slick, you know, just it's, I mean, more likely you have somebody like Bill Clinton. So that's his type, you know, very intelligent, well-spoken. Charming. Charming, but not Trump. So, but, so now let's go back. No, 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 just, just so you know, I did write, I think it was in 2013, an essay warning about what I thought was going to come up. 
based on my understanding of professional wrestling. And professional wrestling is in some sense something that mirrors some of the techniques that may have been developed in Russia because the propensity to suspend disbelief um, is not well understood by many people who have a rational enlightenment-oriented bent. But it's, it's, I still want to go back to 1991-92. Sure. Because it was the end of the Cold War. It was a moment of the greatest triumph of the free world. Soviet empire collapsed. Soviet Union ceased to exist. And, and relatively peacefully, not oh, perfectly. Yes, yes. It's, 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 you know, but amazingly peacefully. Amazingly, yeah. There were a few wars, you know, on the, the, and the pyramid. There was a demographic the crisis. Union. A lot of people Soviet died. Soviet Union. Yes, there was a very bloody war in the former Yugoslavia. But still, you know, the cost, you know, the human cost for, right. for collapse of the evil empire, I mean, was insignificant compared to what people expected, you know, would be, would be the outcome. Exactly. Now, uh, and uh, uh, in 1992, one of the most popular books, best-selling book, was The End of History by Francis Fukuyama. And I have to say, I shared the same expectations about you know, the triumphant uh, uh, um, continuation of, of, of the history of the free world and its, its liberal democracies won. And, and the rest would be just you know, okay, us doing some great things, but never, never, never to worry again about, about threat to the free world coming from dictators and other, you know. Wow. That's, that's what we expected in 91, 92. It's not what I expected, but okay. 91, 92? Not, no, 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 no. I was, I was terrified by the fact that this is what was claimed because I had thought, no, it's, how, for, how is it that a, a country like the U.S., which has needed counterweights in order for it to, like, like you know, you and I both have a Jewish component in, in our background. There's a weird way in which anti-Semitism if, if it's at the if it's too low, we stop being very Jewish. If it's too high, we're an incredible threat. You have two separate uh, ethnic heritages which show you how vulnerable and precarious life can be. Somehow, what I, what terrified me was the idea that we were going to take a bipolar system which represented the Cold War and suddenly remove one part of it without any plan as to how to manage this. Yeah, but that's okay. That's a good point. Now, first of all, removing you know evil component of this dichotomy was a good idea. I yep. grew up in the Soviet Union. The, w what was bad right. is that you know it required a new plan. It did. It did, and nobody wanted to talk about. It. That's the weird that's, part. Now, now I understand. Now being a Monday, Monday morning Monday quarterback, quarterback okay. so I you know I know exactly. So what was wrong? Actually, I knew about it already a few years ago. So in 1991, 1992, it was America's role to start reconsidering. You know, it's global participation. No Soviet Union. So what's the plan? I mean, one of the most important things was to address the reform of United Nations. Because United Nations was built in 1945 as a successor failed League of Nations to prevent the, an open war, open war, military conflict between USSR and USA, between right. two superpowers. It's about, it was all about freezing conflicts. And it managed. Yeah, there were conflicts, but they, they, thanks God, you know. They it's been never, very, it's been ridiculously successful. Exactly. In 1962, it came close. It was, a, it was a Caribbean crisis, but it was yeah. basically, basically for a couple of weeks. It was there was no real threat of 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 World War Three and 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 global. No, it's been amazingly quiet since Again, 45. So, uh, yes, you look around the world. So this is you know they, they will, the wars actually moved from Europe to yeah. other continents. Yes. Well, but so there was a Korean War. There was a Chinese Civil War. You know, this is then. It's, we, Look, I hate to say it this way, but Europe yeah, is weirdly, Vietnam. Europe is 
one of the world's most dangerous places. And we don't think about it that way because we've had this period of stability that has been that anomalous. You, you get Europe, you know, that, 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 that had wars for centuries, right. you know, was pacified. So thanks to this United Nations concept of, you know, finding compromise, two systems. Yes, they were fighting each other, but mostly proxy wars right. around the world. Yes, that's why we had these James Bond movies, you know, and sometimes even James Bond cooperated with KGB officers to fight global evil. So it's the, it's, it, 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 again, we knew how to live in this world. Now, 1991, you're right. So it's just, you know, the Soviet Union has gone. So what's next? It's the, it's the idea that evil, you know, disappears. It was dead wrong because evil can be buried for a while under the rubbles of Berlin Wall. But the moment we lose our vigilance, it sprouts out. So uh, the, the United Nations that was built to freeze conflicts right. was, not, was not there to solve, solve problems. And we need, it, we need to start looking for you know, solving problems. We need it, I believe, an organization that would be rather called League of Democracies. You know, just, it's, uh, actually, it's, it's uh, late Senator McCain used it, but I, I have to say I used it uh, uh, separately. It's, it's an organization where the members will not be just paying lip service. Okay. To democracy. So America had to come up with a plan, like in 1946, rebuilding Europe. Right. The global plan of, of spreading democracy and freedom and... and, and, and uh, we, we almost instantly got stupid. Yeah, but it's the... It's the then, it's, but again, it's a human nature. It's very difficult to tell people that, you know, that, that recognize that for nearly half a century there was an existential threat, you know, of potential threat of the nuclear war and those who remember 1962 crisis and Vietnam war. So, oh, wow, it's all over. So why don't we just, you know, celebrate? Why don't we get rich? Why don't we just do other things? Stop worrying about the rest of the world. You know, it's sometimes I think that it's if the Soviet Union collapsed a year later, yeah. probably Bush 41 could be reelected. Because I think one of the reasons Clinton, you know, won the elections is not just Ross Perot, which was an important factor, but, they, but, but the Republicans lost their big card. So yeah. the Cold War was over. So why do we need Bush and then an economy stupid uh, motto that, right. that won the day? Oh, well, yeah, we turned inward. Exactly. Uh, now, it's not, it's basically, America was still there because it was the only superpower, but it lost its, you know, its role as the, you know, as the stabilizing factor. Because look, Clinton, 1992, you know, you won the elections. In 2000, you know, he, uh, 2001, January, he walked away. 1992, America was basically in the position to do whatever. Yes, make, you know, make any, any, any suggestions that others had no choice but to accept. In 2001, early, Al-Qaeda was ready to strike. So this, it's, we missed, you know, we missed these this years. And also something else happened in these eight years. Russia moved from a very fragile, feeble democracy into the first, you know, it, into the um, uh, next stage that, that, that would be eventually dominated by KGB. In the year 2000, Vladimir Putin became Russian president. The fact is that, you know, in nine years after the statue of Felix Dzerzhinsky, the founder of K KGB, has been removed from Lubanka Square, in less than nine years, Vladimir Putin became the president of Russia, KGB lieutenant colonel, who immediately said that the collapse of the Soviet Union was the greatest geopolitical cat catastrophe of the 20th century, who re immediately re returned Soviet anthem to make a symbolic gesture, who proudly said that there were no former KGB officers. Once KGB, always KGB, quote-unquote. So that was already a warning sign that things changing.
Well, this, is, this was another confusion that I had. My model for Russia is two, two separate things we Americans often don't understand. One, it's a barbell culture. It's got the highest of the high culture and the lowest of the low. And two, because of this in some sense, there's a fractal nature to the Putins. It's like Putin's all the way down. There's always a, a, a sort of a look for strength and leadership of a kind of um, uncomfortable way not just at the very top. It's the, but it's yes, but it, the the uniqueness of Putin Putinism of, okay. of Putin's regime was that it was not based on any ideology. Traditionally, Russia always, you know, followed some sort of the grand idea. Well, I, like I, empire, I, communism. Can I try one and then you tell me why it doesn't work? Dehumiliation. No, absolutely not. Unhumiliation. Absolute, no, absolute nonsense. It's just they used it. They used it. They used it for you know. It's, it was a propaganda shtick, but it's just it's not. You don't think that there was a need to restore some kind of sense of identity? I remember people talking fondly about Stalin. I thought it was very confusing because in the, in in the last year of Yeltsin, you know, they started you know just you know playing with this nostalgia, right? Because KGB was playing a bigger and bigger role. You know, going back to the early nineties in Russia after Yeltsin shut down Russian Parliament in nineteen ninety three. Though I had no sympathy for Russian parliament, and I thought Yeltsin was right because they were full of communists and nationalists, but he ruined just, you know, the balance of power that was just building up in Russia. And it was, again, since 1993, it was all power of executives. Uh, and the Russian constitution that in theory, in, adopted in 1993, was a good document, gave, you know, enormous power to mm -hmm. the president if he wanted to abuse it. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was, you know, on paper it looked good. But it 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 almost it it almost eliminated you know the key key elements of checks and balances of the control of the of the executive power which is in Russia traditionally was just you know was was dominant force and in 1994 the first Chechen war already showed that the country was moving in the wrong direction and 1996 elections was already it was free but not fair and then then selecting his successor which by itself is not democratic process, selecting, right. says, nominating him. Yeltsin came up with and Yeltsin's family, not just immediate family, but family as the, as the group of its advisors, closest oligarchs, the circle of oligarchs. They came up with a KGB lieutenant colonel. So it was more about preserving the enormous wealth that it concentrated at the time. The, the dehumiliation was just, you know, it's for the, for the general public, but it's, it's the Russia under Putin, you know, the strengths of Putin's regime is that they don't care about ideology. Putin, Putin could become nationalist, could become a sort of the populist, could be imperialist. At the end of the day, he doesn't care what he wants anything. power it's, and wealth. Exactly. It's, it's, it's more like yeah. a mafia state. That's why I say that every country has its own mafia. In Russia, mafia has its own country. So that's, that's, it's something quite unique. And uh, Putin believes in only in power of money. And uh, he just discovered at a point quite early in, in his presidency that money can buy anyone, anything. And, and that's the problem for the, with the free world. Losing Russia, also losing the Soviet Union as an existential enemy. Right. The, the free world lost its sense of danger. So it is, it's, oh, now let's, you know, let's, let's make deals. So who cares? We are, you know, we are um, um, well, inv we, invincible. Well, we keep looking for our new uh, Soviet Union, we, whether it's China, the environment, Islamic terror. We're trying to find it. Yes, but the free world, you know, is is much weaker. You know, I, I remember um, it's it's few years ago. I spoke to one of my friends uh, in New York, and we talked about it's uh, after my book was published, Winter is Coming, and uh, we talked about challenges to the free world. And I said, in 1948, 
Joseph Stalin wanted to take, to take over West Berlin. It was, it, it, he, he announced a blockade. Right. And Harry Truman uh, said, you know, hell, we'll defend West Berlin. It was the biggest, you know, boldest decision that American president could make. Uh, and uh, for 11 months, U.S. and um, British planes supplied West Berlin with everything it needed to survive. And Stalin decided against shooting shooting these planes. So he knew that Harry Truman was not a man just to, to, to not play to be games with. with. Exactly. So, and I said, look, Harry Truman faced, I mean, uh, uh, Joseph Stalin. And this is Russia today, not Putin, Joseph Stalin. Russia today in 2015 is a pale shadow of, of, of uh, Stalin's Soviet Union. Militarily or economically. Absolutely. And you know what, he, what he, 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 he said quite sadly, you know, Sinan said, yes, but America today is also pale shadow well, of America is, of Harry This Putin. is the horrible truth, which is that in a weird way, Putin appears to be relatively, in my way of thinking, one of the most skilled players left on the chessboard. No, I just, I, I, here I have to disagree. Please. I, I have to defend the integrity of my game. So Putin is not a chess player. He's, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. He's, he's, he's an opportunist. I, I didn't he's see this, that I had done No, that. It's, 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 it's the, Putin, Putin doesn't create these opportunities. He uses them. So well, he's, he grabs them. Okay, let me say it differently. Um, Putin's strength is, 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 is a weakness of the free world. Yes, but the KGB had a tremendous amount of know-how. It was resident within that. Yeah, but know-how is fine, but KGB and it, it has enormous amount of cash now. Yes. Vladimir Putin controls more money than any other individual in the history R of Richest, of, richest of human. It's, it's again, he's, when, when his people say, oh, how rich is Putin? Yeah, yeah. Putin's, Putin is mega rich. Uh, but is, it's not, you know, it's not the same kind of wealth that, you know, that like a Bill bank Gates account. or right. Carl Slim or Bezos or whoever, okay. because it all depends on him staying in power. But when you look at the amount of money Vladimir Putin can move directly or indirectly, right. you're probably talking about something like $1 trillion. Astounding. $1 trillion. Yeah. It just, you, you add Russian annual budget, you add Russian, um, so it's, uh, Russian hard currency reserves, the, uh, the, the fortunes of some of the top Russian oligarchs who okay. are connected to Putin. But he's skilled, he's ruthless, he's a single decision maker, and he has this level of control over resource. Yes. There's no no equal to that, uh, unless it's the Chinese. No, no, it's, it's, it's he has more power probably than Xi Jinping uh, relatively to can to, to to the country because Xi Jinping's resources are just incompatible to Putin. Well, China he, he far more. It's just China is much stronger. I mean, and and I think Xi Jinping and Chinese communists they're very happy to see Putin creating these problems because right. it you know it helps them to shift their attention. China is a strategic threat, if you're using chess language. Right. A long-term strategic threat. Okay. Well. So Putin is more of a tactical threat. But right now, this is, you know, that's, this is a real threat because if your king is under threat of being mated, you yes. cannot think about long-term consequences of the endgame. All right. Well, so let's hit another chess term I'll, uh, and then I'll, I'll pull the ripcord if it doesn't work. Um, there's a concept which not everyone knows called zugzwang, yes. where where you are in a situation where you prefer not to have to move because anything you do actually but puts you, you in a worse. But you have to move. Why do we keep acting as if we're in zugzwang? No, but that's, let me go back to what I said a few, few moments ago. Putin's strength is our weakness. Yes, Putin is good at, at looking at opportunities like you know, and and then and he strikes. He doesn't create them, but the moment he sees weakness, it's animal instinct. You know, he goes for kill. Right. So why Vladimir Putin is in Syria? Because America walked away, because America created vacuum there. So when you look at the, at the global map, why Putin is here or there? 
because the free world, you know, blinked, didn't want to interfere. And that's what we learned. I hope, actually I was wrong, had to learn from the 1930s. It's the, if we see rising dictatorship. Yes. And, and, and dictatorship that is, 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 is challenging the very foundation of our, of our world. And we know we have a choice of confronting it early or postponing the decision, trying to appease a dictator. Every day, every week, every month, every year of a delay pushing the price up. Well, this is what's very scary to me about Tulsi Gabbard's candidacy, which is that she's pushing this concept of regime change wars, and she's trying... Yeah. No, after you? I'm, you know, this is the moment you mentioned the name, so I almost jumped on my chair. Or, well, no, I, I, don't, I don't understand. You know, this is... Yeah, I, it is... The Democrats will not allow any, any, any climate change denier on stage. Right. Rightly so. How they allow a genocide denier on stage... I mean, she just, you know, she acts like, like I don't want, I don't know all about the details of your relations with Assad or Putin, but she's supporting the most brutal dictators on the planet. And she, what do you think she thinks she's doing? I don't know what she's doing, you know. I, I and I'm not here, in, I'm not in business of analyzing, you know, no, whether well, she's, the re- she's on the payroll or not. I don't care. What is she saying? And by the way, she has some following. Look at the, you know, she has percentage here and there. But so goes back she's over stage, and it's and and she's not confronted. She's defending Bashar al-Assad, you right. know, one of the one of the worst uh, dictator who used chemical weapons. She's denying it. I didn't hear any Democrat taking her on that. So uh, saying, "Wait a second, what the hell are you doing here?" And it's it, and that's again that's for Putin is is, is okay. Is, but Gary, what's going on in some sense is just as you were saying in 1991, 92, we started. It's the economy, stupid. As if the rest of the world went away, we we were going to just abandon all of our opportunities, obligations, what have you. We're now not capable of formulating an America that makes sense as a continuation Bingo. of our previous... Now, stu- you said again, it's, 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 the, it's America from 1946 to 1991. Was a uh, thing. Well, no, it's just, it had certainly no policy that it followed. You had Harry Truman set up certain rules and, and institutions, and then you had Republicans, Democrats, Republicans following the plan, and it, it, it led to a victory in the exactly. Cold War. Because the strength of democracy... Yes. It's it's a strategy, again, using chess terms, because you can rely on continuity. You can change administrations, and then, but, but you still have the plan. It could be, you know, it could be some deviations, you know, there could be, you know, just, you know, one way or another, you know, somebody could be more aggressive, more, you know, more uh, defensive. But at the end of the day... Well, we were, we were trying to become captains of the same team. Now it looks like we want to be captains since, of different but teams. But going back to 91, 92, yeah, yeah. American foreign policy yes. became, you know, more like a pendulum. Shifting, you know, one side from one side to another based on who is in the Oval Office. There's no Clinton, Bush, Obama, Trump. It's, 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 well, and the rest of not, the world. To, to, and to, the rest of the world is watching America. Like what, 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 and it's just, it's, and it's, it's paralyzed what, in fear. You're because, looking at a car that's swerving exactly, from lane to lane. But people used to know that America is there. Whether it's, you know, you know uh, it's Eisenhower or Kennedy or, right. or Johnson. I mean, Nixon, uh, for even... Reagan, Carter, so Bush. America was there. Okay, so and how all of, all of a sudden, it's you can Gary, no longer rely on America. Gary, so it's you have massive. It's it's vacuum holes. Right, and Gary, you know no that vacuum. no millennials have any uh, <laughs> intuition of where our it's passion is coming. It's, it's, no, no, no. I'm saying something has broken in terms of our collective understanding of ourselves. We are having the most irrelevant, bizarre non-fact-based, non-theory-based conversations like children. But you said non-fact-based. 
That's one of the problems. That's what Putin's of this world want us to forget, history. So it is, now, now you're talking about World War II, and so who cares? It's not relevant. It is relevant. Oh, my God. Because, because you know, we, we could see, you know, this is how, you know, Putin is basically, you know, just it's, it's conquering, the, not territories, but, you know, but it's, it's actually, it's a conquering our minds by conducting very successful okay, hybrid. So let's go to that. What is it that the Soviet Union and then Russia understands about the human mind that the U.S. needs to understand ASAP but cannot figure out how to teach its own people? Look, uh, I don't think that we can compare Soviet propaganda and Putin's, Putin's machine, propaganda machine, for simple reason. Soviet Union had a uh, had an ideology. An ideology. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's, no, I, I took your point. It, it, it's, it's ideology. It's okay. A, again, I, I, look, my mother, she's she's eighty two. She was born under Stalin, nineteen thirty seven. So she still lives in Moscow. She heard it all: Stalin, right. uh, Khrushchev, Brezhnev, Andropov, Gorbachev, and, uh, and she's she's watching this television, and, and she keeps telling me that is Gary, it's much worse than ever because. It's much worse than anything. Because before we had some ideals. Yeah, there were false ideals. But it was was all about bright future. Every ideology has its future. It could be a horrible idea, even like like Nazism. But again, they try to sell you the image of the future. Okay. Putin doesn't care about the future. It's the Putin's ideology in Russia. It's more like a cult of death. It was surrounded by enemies and you have to rely on... Well, it's a cult of confusion. Everything is confusing. and they discovered that, you know, instead of selling an ideology, which yes. is always vulnerable. Right. Because the moment I give you the idea, you say, oh, I'm not so sure. It is, it's, it's, no, you can't yeah, even tell what the ideas no, are. Everything slips through your exactly. fingers. It's like quicksilver. So it's this, in 2004, 2005. Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, uh, uh, they had to make a decision. Yeah. How to fight Russian opposition on the internet. Yeah. I just, at the time where I just was about to stop my chess career and as I tried to, help Russian opposition. So your early movement. 40s. Yes. Yeah, I'm in yeah. the early 40s in 2004, 2005. And they made, and call it ingenious decision that's based on the KGB experience. Instead of following Chinese model, firewall, close, you know, just, you know, uh, make people starve of information, traditional dictatorships. They said, how about doing it's exactly the opposite? You know, it, it's, it's uh, instead of, you know, closed, closing every you know, yeah. hole, so what about the flood of yeah. flooding this information by just you know uh, creating so much information here and there so for people just to get lost and you can have uh, a newspaper front page right. one story that everyone must follow nine o'clock news or you can start you know just you know dividing this 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 story in, into many poisonous elements and start spreading them in the true stories. Okay. Is, so this is, that's, you know, it's... Well, this is now all through our country. Is that, that coming from Russia? Yes. It's this, in 2005... What's the transmission mechanism? 2004, 2005. I'm going to get, I know they, you have they made, no, they made, they, 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 I'm going to get super they, they aggressive because I want to get no, to this. They, they, they decided just that they'll start creating these fake websites. Right. When I, when I say fake websites, they're real websites. Sure. But they looked like, you know, very liberal websites. They talked about certain things. They could even criticize Putin. Yeah. Some of them, you know, this, but it's, they always carried a little okay. bit of piece of story here and there. But look, you and I have been talking very critically about Trump and the Republican phenomena as it, inhabiting this landscape. Part of the problem we've had is, is that the, the Democratic Party went kleptocratic in the center and started pursuing policies that started like, let's say, widening the Gini coefficients 
so that we had greater inequality and we started experimenting with our own American style of nonsense. So right now we have a situation in which, uh, let me give you my feelings. I've been a lifelong Democrat. I don't trust my party as far as I can throw them. I don't trust the New York Times, Washington Post. I don't trust Fox News and the Republicans, obviously, because that's transparently wrong. There is no ground truth. There's no place to go. And people are tuning into this podcast. And look, by the way, I'm going to force you to come back to this podcast because we need more time. Right now, we're mostly talking to millennials. And the millennials are hungry because they have an idea of, we came in on this game. We have no idea what we missed. Everything makes no sense. Where can I find some concept of overarching uh, continuity to make sense of a world that is disintegrating into look, like is, is the, wet toilet yeah, paper? Okay, it says it's just just let's finish. You know, this is this story about uh, fake news and troll factories. That's what Putin created. That's what KGB created, and they recognize it's far more effective. And let's say they have to deal with Gary Kasparov and his followers. Yeah. You can go after Gary saying, oh, he's just American agent. He's just, you know, he's a bad guy. He's working for CIA, for Mossad, whatever. Some people will believe. Some say, no, it doesn't look. You know, he sells drugs. He sells yeah. guns. Yeah, exactly. He runs but a many, many, will, many intelligent people say, no, he's a, he was a great, you know, Soviet champion. You know, right. this is probably most decorated Soviet Russian athlete in history. So, no. so for them, it's a different story. Yep. You know, this, they managed to create, you know, this, it's a fake you know, d- debates. You have a whole page yeah. that is it's totally, you know, just designed, you know, elsewhere. But it it, it comes to it's on 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 social media. Somebody says Gary Kasparov is, is a bad guy. And then somebody is coming, no, 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 no. He's a great guy. He's but you know, I'm not so sure. And it says, and then you have a whole Well if it wasn't this, for his drinking problem. No, no, no. I wish he'd paid his time. No, it's just it's it, the most typical one yeah. was Gary was a greatest champion, but unfortunately he got its, you know, it's the ego it, went to his head. Exa- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I know this so this is it's and, and you understand that some it's, people but refer they, to me but as I the alt right, but I could see right, I could like see. as if I could possibly be the all right. The, Look, the, the level of nonsense, but the level of nonsense because people again, I says they, there's no gravitas. This is it's you know for yeah, us to understand what you. is you know, what is right is just you need you, okay. you need nobody. What, what, what is ground zero where you yeah, start exactly. counting? Nobody's you know, been, been kept aside. They, like you keep a fire extinguisher under glass in case of emergencies. There's no adult. That's ready to go when things get but bad. It's, but it's, they recognize that is the the, the uh, um, new social media could offer them enormous opportunities to spread this fake news because there's one way to tell the truth, many ways to lie. So it, the, it's the well, typical story was with M, it's, it was MH17, the the um, Malaysian Boeing that was shot by Russian missile, right? And it's they you know they didn't care uh, 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 um, uh, to provide you know a one one uh, narrative that could uh, could uh, refute the, uh, the 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 widespread conviction of Russia. No- what they did, they spread all sorts of news, and, and one day on Russian television on two different channels, yeah. they had two competing stories, right? Which is, and with experts with yeah. diagrams again. Who cares if it's if it's a ten different lies? People say, ah, I don't know. Just you know, it's, forget it, about it's it. It's a needle in a haystack, and they always give you a haystack. You know, in 2015, yeah, I said that if to Facebook that your business model, yeah, is the honeypot for Russian bear. No kidding. Yeah, because it was so obvious. You know, this is it was ideal opportunity. So this is how to use it. You know, just to 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 affect people's mind with information that could be most you know uh, sensitive. Well, this is the this is a very strange thing. Is that 
I know these guys in Silicon Valley. They're very smart in a very limited they way, and they are so childlike. But they didn't they understand have no that idea. This, it's the, this, I understand that is Putin already had a machine. It it the, before he attacked America with this yeah. fake news industry. Right. So he already had ten he years. His own ten years. Russia, then Russian-speaking minorities in in the neighboring countries, right. then Europe. So um, the attacking America was just a matter of time. And I don't think Putin will expect it to be so successful because the way the Russian propaganda handled it, I think they expected Trump to lose elections narrowly. Yes. That, that was the expectations. And that's why Trump already repeated the, the, the uh, Russian narrative, rigged elections. How many times Trump said rigged elections? Well, rigged so elections. this is the thing that you did, which was very interesting. You said, look, all you need to know to impeach Trump is one thing, which is how he handled Ukraine. Now, whether I agree with you or I don't agree with you, your point was, look, it's very important not to get caught up in very complicated stories. Let's keep it super simple so that you can just stay on one point. Is that fair representation it, of your exactly. point? Exactly. I think that's, by the way, I think he, 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 um, he uh, had other impeachable offenses. He, yeah. he is. So, but, but your point was, but if Just you want stay- to win this battle, because right now, the moment you you, you, you accuse Trump of, of numerous crimes, that's, I believe, he, he committed, it will be very, very easy for, well, we can see the, for, the, the, for, for Trump's defenders to sort of, to, 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 uh, sort of dilute it that by contaminating it with... That has to do with the corruption in the, in the Democratic side. Because you can see that the New York Times and the Washington Post are not behaving as honest actors, and it's very clear at the moment that they're not. You have this different problem, which is I can't like I spend almost all of my time criticizing the left, not the right, not because I think the right is okay. It absolutely isn't. But because if the left continues to pursue these petty, transparent, ridiculous mini propaganda operations, we've undercut our own credibility in any place that can actually call this out. What I hate most is hypocrisy. And it is now. You know, in the next democratic debates, I want to hear one question yeah. to every every every, every uh, uh, um, democratic hopeful on stage. Give it to me with a simple yes or no. Will you will you authorize sell off uh, lethal weapons to Ukraine? Yes or no? Because you, Trump is on uh, Trump is on trial for that. Will you or not? I'm afraid most of them will say no, and that shows the hypocrisy. That's it, Kenneth. At the end of the day, Trump's foreign policy. Just don't kill me for that. Not so different from Obama's. Trump, the motivation is different. But Obama retreated because of his beliefs. It's, it's like ideological retreat. Trump doing these things for profit. But, it's, but unfortunately, you know, the, the outcome... You don't for, believe that Trump is under direct control of Putin? Or does it matter? But that's, okay, that's, it's, it's, I said for profit. Yeah, yeah, profit yeah. Also, no, Trump is a Russian asset. I said it many times. Yeah. And just, whether he understands it or not, it's another story. Trump is a Russian asset. I don't even have to know all the details. Your uh, point of, is that the incentive structures are sufficient. Just, and, and all, I grew up in the Soviet Union, and I just, I can, I can repeat it time and again. I met enough KGB colonels. Yeah. And I know how these people look at you. Yeah. So the way Putin looks at Trump is the way KGB handler looks at his asset. He looks at Merkel, at Macron with a contempt. It's a contempt because he, he believes he can buy anyone on this planet. Unfortunately, they, like they, 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 they fail to prove him wrong. Any- but the way he looks at Trump, the way okay. he acts, the, yeah. it's this, it, it's, it's this, this, this uh, you know, this wry smile and this is smir- he's smirking. Yeah, yeah. Trump is an asset. He believes that Trump, okay. for some reasons, will do whatever he wants. And by the way, the, it's the Trump, you know, it's when people say, how can you say that? Now, okay, yeah, I, I you understand be, that when the Democratic Party asserts that 
Donald Trump, when somebody inside of the traditional left of center media or political apparatus starts to assert that Donald Trump is under the direct control as opposed to the incentive control, like even to advance. At the end of the day, Trump is, look. You're not understanding my point, Gary. What I'm trying to say is there's a problem right now with we can't form a sense making. We can't form a story that enough of us can participate in to start actually dealing with our real problems. We're just in free fall. And whether or not I sign on to everything that you say about Trump or not, I know that if you and I have enough time, we can at least figure out what we agree on, what we disagree on, what the theories are. We have enough enough common denominator. So that's as clear from our conversation. We may disagree on many things, but at the end of the day, we know where we are, where we stand. So our disagreements will be more of a tactical, not a strategical character. Yes. So what what I'm concerned about is that right now we're a sitting duck because we're not actually be there. There are no adults that I can find anywhere on the stage. No, because again, it's it's the it's a, it's the again America has to you know, reinvent itself. America has to yeah. reconsider what is America's role. And this is and again, it says you go back to the democratic debates. They're talking about things that they they might be very important. Again, it says I, I understand you know you should talk about healthcare. You should talk about other issues that are important. You know uh, for America long term. But right now. You have the foundation of the republic is in jeopardy. You have Trump, who is, I don't know, I don't want to repeat it, he's a Russian asset, but it's, let's say he's not, but he's... It doesn't can, matter, your, but, your, but, but, your assertion but, but, is but, not that but, he's but, a but Russian he, asset but, but in look standard at the, way, But look Gary. at what he, what he has been doing is, you know, if he were a Russian asset, what he could do differently? So this is, it's the, it's, even, even his, you know, his famous betrayal of Kurds, infamous betrayal of Kurds. So he spoke to Erdogan on the, October 6th, on October 7th, Putin's birthday, he announced greatest American uh, uh, retreat. And it's for next couple of days. Russian television was celebrating this, the, the pictures from Americans' camps with food on the table, saying Americans were running away because our great leader, you know, keep, pushed them out. So that's the... So another coincidence, I always say I believe in coincidences, but I also believe in KGB. Yeah. And when it's... Every time, you know, we talk about coincidence and Trump, it ends up with Russia. Gary, why are you still alive? It's a good question. Yeah. So, so, uh, are you here because you're still useful to him? Look, I, you know, it's 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 everything you know has its price. So, I again, I I try not to be just an easy target. I don't go to Gary, places. I don't believe this for a second. If he wants you gone, he's got to have you gone. Look, thank you very much. So, my wife will be very happy to hear that. No, no, no. Look. So, but this is the come on. You're you're so grown up. Gonna, We're having a grown up conversation. Yeah, a grown up conversation. Yes, yeah. I know that. So, what you know, I I say what I say. At the end of the day, again, it's, it's the it's it's, it's well, I'm, I'm, I have a powerful I mean, voice. Yes, but look, if they want me gone, I'm sure you know they can, they can do it. So it doesn't change anything in my behavior. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, so that's the. But by the way, I just want to say how much I admire that. Look again, it's just, it's would it help? So people say. But I don't think you could do anything else. No, but it's I have to do it. Just you know, do what you must. So be that's what I learned. You know, as a kid from Soviet dissidents. Yeah, they can. All... So it's yeah, it's the and uh, and again, it's just going back to this. It's it's not you know, Trump is a symptom. Okay, let me ask Trump, you. Trump, Trump shows how you know, as, following your point, you know, right? That's it's how this society, how this great country lost its way, and it's and that's why Trump, Trump, Trump is you know, he's still there. So. You and I have a mutual friend in Peter Thiel. Were you very surprised that Peter backed Trump? Disappointed. Yeah. Very. But look, he's a businessman. I understand why he did it. I think it's just it's a wrong decision. It's bad for the country. So maybe good for his business. But uh, it's the. I mean, from day one when I heard about it, I I was uh, su- unpleasantly surprised because I, 
you know, it's not, again, not just saying things now. You know, from the first day of Trump's campaign, yeah. I've been, he's mo one of the most vocal critics. Yeah. And by the way, speaking about the media, please. It, one of the reasons Trump was there is because uh, New York Times and the Washington Post and the CNN, they liked him. From, from, he resuscitated their business model. Not, not only business model. For 16 years, yeah. the Democratic Party right. has served as the political branch of Clinton Foundation right. with one goal, to elect an electable woman to, to the President of the United States. In 2008, she lost to Obama. That had to be it. But they, they tried again. Any, I mean, Joe Biden would have trashed Trump in, in, in 2016. So Hillary Clinton was the only chance for Trump, but they wanted Trump because they knew Trump was the only person she could beat. She would have she would said no chance against it's a moderate Republican. So they wanted Trump. Right. So this is it's 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 and that's why Trump got all this free publicity in 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 hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars of free publicity. And they could have killed Trump when he attacked John McCain. If the CNN of this world wanted to go after Trump in in in, in summer 2015, they could have. Well, they could have, I agree they that could our have, media they is could complicit. have sank this ship, okay. you know, just before right. it left harbor. Another question. Jeffrey Epstein died under bizarre circumstances, and the the amount of follow-on on this story, the entire world wants to know, is there a tie to the intelligence community? I don't see papers getting the denials from intelligence communities. I don't see any very significant attempt to talk about whether or not, like, all you, you need is to get somebody to say this person was never an asset, they were never under, under uh, U.S. or foreign protection. What do we learn when things that are supposed to happen because they would sell papers, they're of interest to everybody and they're the natural thing to do, simply don't happen in full view of the world. Look, it's the... Do you have, a, do you have an explanation? Do you think this no, is interesting it, it, or not look, interesting? It, it, let's, you know, it's, it, it always happened uh, uh, before, but we didn't have the same knowledge. So that's, the, the only difference is now there's this, people died in, people of that, of that type, Yes. Jeffrey Epstein. They used to die in prisons under suspicious circumstances for decades, if not for centuries. But only now we know about it. But at the end of the day, who cares? Because it can look public, you know, it's attention. His, murder, our, our, his murder, suicide or whatever doesn't interest uh, me that much. That's not the issue. The issue is, is that it's like dark matter. You don't detect it directly. You see all sorts of other things behaving bizarrely around it. And so you know that there's something there. Look, we know it's something's there because, again, it's just, it's the while while we have so much information available, again, our attention span is so short that sure. you can move from just one one thing to another. So, is this? I'm, I'm I wonder how many you know how many listeners you will immediately pick up. Who's Jeffrey Epstein? There were so many scandals, and that's what Trump knows. You know, he knows that you know if he's tried for one you know one you know treasonable thing. It's 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 bad, but it's but if he's tried for ten, Gary, it's we better, have we have a, better. Let me just tell you, we have an amazing audience. We have the people who are attracted okay, to the show. They, they, but but it's amazing how many things people forget because you have a new scandal. You know that's no, I understand that, but I'm, what I'm trying to say is that the people who are tuning into excellent. this yeah. are people who are they're sick of being in the matrix. They just they want out, and that's why it's called the portal because they're people looking for an exit from the confusion. So. I'm going to tell you this. You are coming back to the show because I am so not finished with you. It's been a fantastic. When you say it's not finished, you know, that sounds. You know, that's we have just unfinished a, like business. Like, you warning. I'm not so finished with you. You and I have unfinished <laughs> business, Gary Kasparov. Um, is there anything you want to talk about about RDI before uh, uh, I let you go and send it's you the, along your way? No, it's the, it's, uh, I, um, after Trump election, so with some of my friends, 
you know, I, I called them, you know, refugees from the Wall Street Journal, like yeah. uh, Brett Stevens, Max Booth, Mark Laswell, so those who just couldn't, you know, couldn't stand Trump. So that's the, um, and few moderate Democrats in New York. So we got together and we decided to come up with an organization. We called it Renew Democracy Initiative. Okay. So rdi.org now as a website. You don't invite me? Oh, I'd be delighted, you know, just it's, it's, it's um, and uh, the idea was that, you know, this is, it's, it's and it's, I use my own experience that, Democracy is under, you know, just it's 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 um, uh, it's a great danger. It's a great threat when it's attacked from both sides, from mm. radicals. People sometimes they think that oh, Hitler won elections in Germany. He never won elections. You know, it's not a majority. The best result of Nazi Party in 1932 was just over 37 percent. Mm. But at the same elections, communists made nearly 16. Yeah, which means half of the German, more than half of German population rejected. Uh, rejected uh, democracy. So it's what we saw is that you know it's a Trump's brutal assault on on liberal democracy and our freedoms. But at the same time, we saw the growing power of the far left, uh, so-called progressive wing, attacking the very foundation of the of the free market. Mm-hmm. And it, it, these two forces, they are just you know threatening to dilute the very foundation. Of, of American society. Well, this is why it's important to get rid of the kleptocracy in our center it's the, because you need a center I'm, that is intellectually I've been, healthy. I've been shouting for, for, for years, yeah. for more than a decade. All right. Too big to fail is yeah. against the very principle of capitalism. I mean... I, I, you know, I said it it's just, it's, it's many times once. Yeah. I think it's, it's, uh, uh, it was um, at the Cato Institute, um, it's Milton Friedman Award for Letzik Baltarovich in 2013. I did a keynote. Yeah. And I said that it's, if... Um, Small business in North Carolina uh, is bankrupt. It's, it, it goes barely up. So must Goldman Sachs. So it's, it's, it's I mean, the, the, the whole idea that you, yeah. know, you can use taxpayers' money supporting, supporting big corporations because they are you know, indispensable, but they grew up even bigger now. So Does I, that extend for, to Harvard? Should Harvard be allowed to fail? Should, for example, the Democratic Party be allowed to fail financially? As you know, Donna Brazile was asserting that Hillary Clinton was essentially the only thing propping up the Democratic Party. I don't know. This is it's the it's this is the again. We I, I, for people who say capitalism failed us, I say yeah. you know, capitalism hasn't failed us. We failed capitalism. Okay. We are violating fundamental principles of the free market, which is you know you bankrupt. Right. You failed. Right. You're out of business. Somebody else will will, will replace you. That was the whole idea. And right, right. now, we just it's 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 all about your connections to the government. It's all your connections to 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 those who who have money and power. And you could see that money and power they're just you know they are getting closer and closer. It's 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 almost so you know. Which organizations are you put other than RDI? What are you putting your faith in? No, but it's look. You know, do you think Soros is a positive force? So it's a partisan force. That's a problem, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea was RDI was to, to bring people from both sides. So it's, we have a board That's now that brings people from both sides. Uh, two former uh, senators, uh, Heidi Heitkamp and, and Bob Kerr from Nebraska. Right. So, okay, both Democrats, but Blue Dog Democrats. Right. The idea is this, and, and we're working with donors. Many of them are just, you know, are f- former Republicans, right. other Republicans, looking for building something in the center. Because yeah. it's the, the, the problem of, of the United States, but yeah. also... You look at the United Kingdom, look at Europe. The problem is that the, the radicals on both sides, they're gaining more and more power by dragging people out of the center. It's what I call the phenomenon of Spanish Civil War. When you have, you know, it's the social, uh, communists on one side and fascists on the other side, and somebody who wants to stay in the middle, no, no roof. Well, you, you, you must take It's like sides. an A-frame roof, yes. and the A-frame is getting more and more peaked. It's the, so the idea is that only the most agile it, people it, can, can yeah. dance on it's the top. The American, American, the two-party system yeah. in America always, you know, 
served as the shield against radicalism. Right. If one party went too far, like right. Goldwater, landslide. Right. McGovern on the left, landslide. Right. So right now you have an elections, potential elections. Right. What do you have? Two right. radicals. Yeah. You know, and this is and there's so much room in the center now. Do you have anyone so, that you like on the Democratic side? Look again. It's this, I, it's the way I look at this at these elections is that it's all about defeating Donald Trump. So you have to make these elections about Donald Trump. You have to look for the best candidate who can win. You know, a win against Trump. So just that one state. thing. Who would that be at the uh, moment? Best st- chance st- of winning statistically. Amy Klobuchar. It's very clear because she is she is exactly from the area where the elections will be decided. It's yeah. Midwest. She won in Minnesota 2018 re-election by 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 carrying many districts that Trump won in 2016. All right. Again, it's about winning elections. What do you think about if we get these candidates away from this typical CNN, MSNBC, NPR group? It's, it's, it's look. I'm you know I used to be a chess player, and it's and it's this election. I've heard it's, that. But it, but I always you know knew that learned from my mother. It's not just about winning; it's about making the difference. But this election is about winning and saving the republic. If Trump is reelected, yeah, it's the I mean the consequences cannot be. I mean you, I can't even predict them. NATO will, will go bust. Trump will, will withdraw from Europe. And he will, he will destroy every foundation. Well, the game theory of him not worrying about re-election, we have no idea what that looks like. Absolutely. So it's the... So that's By the what, way, you have to know that a lot of my, my audience is split. A lot of them put up with my anti-Trump stuff um, because they, they believe that I'm at least trying in good faith, right? I don't always understand how they look at this and they say that this is normal. I don't get it. But you see, look, it's, it's just, you know, the Trump's ability to corrupt others. You know, this, I mean, look at, at, at Attorney General. Yeah. Attorney General now, it sounds like ideological warrior. Right. When, when, when Attorney General uses words left or right, he, he talked about left, you know, it's violating the law. That's it, you know. That's, it's Trump succeeded already. In, in three years, you know, by, right. just, by destroying you know, whatever was left of American image abroad. Uh, and and also in the country. Well, we don't China, have a shared idea of what where we are, what's going on, and what's relevant. We just don't. Is, that's why. Yeah, it's, it's about restoration, and that's why you need to make sure that Trump is defeated and this election. Yeah, but it's and more, you need and you cannot have a candidate that coming up with, okay, a, with Gary, a big with a it's Gary, not about big ideas. Yeah, but it can't only be defeating Trump. I'll, I'll just be honest with you. If the if the left of the United States does not stop with its propagandistic bullshit. There is no way we are going to be able to put but things this, back again, together. You cannot, you cannot come up with a big socialist ideas because that's right. Trump's, that's Trump's only hope. No kidding. He's praying, you know, for Sanders. War, well, but it's also Sanders. a question of denying things. Like if somebody shoots up uh, a parade route or something and, and shouts "Allahu Akbar" at the end, there will be a democratic attempt to not talk about yeah, what the just, basis. We just, we can. That's, that's going back to the question. So I yeah. want to hear. I want to hear what they say about foreign policy. Because Trump is be, Trump is on trial now. He will be impeached in the House for his, you know, uh, for his crimes, you know, uh, foreign for, foreign policy related crimes. Right. And they don't talk about it. It's just, they talk about something else. So the country they want the country to believe that Trump was guilty, but we don't he- hear what would be what would they do differently. Right. But if the Democrats, for example, pursue things where Trump actually isn't guilty, assume that he's both guilty and not guilty of things that he's accused of. Any attempt to prosecute things frivolously, which we will see, right, is going to result in this loss of trust. We have to do something about trust. And if we don't have some 
Yeah. Bingo. I mean, this is trust, trust, right. trust is important, yes. G Gary, you got to come back to Los Angeles. Thank you okay. so much for Fine. coming. So there's, there's, there's more to talk about, you know, capitalism, socialism, the rest of the world, look, my I own experience. Look, but, my bladder can go on forever. Yeah, it is but, now 5.30, which is your okay, heart yes, stuff. Yes, yes, so I'm just okay. trying to take care of you. You'll come back yes. to the portal as our guest, Thank sir? Thank you. Absolutely. Fantastic. Thank you so much for inviting okay. me. Astrozhne, You've been through the portal with uh, the inimitable Gary Kasparov. It's been an incredible journey. Gary, thank you for visiting us. Take care of yourselves. Be well. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts on Apple, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, what have you, and go over to YouTube and make sure you find our channel. Click the subscribe button and the bell to be notified when our next episode drops. Thank you very much.